This is Mike Mignola. You're listening to Top 5 Comics Podcast. Welcome to Top 5 Comics Podcast. People talking about comics, pop culture, and events. With us today, we have the master disaster, Josh45. What up? And we have CVS. That's Comic Book Steve. Much as you. That's me. <laughs> uh, see, today we are going to be doing episode number 138. And today's going to be a little bit different show-wise. Um, this is kind of a Star Wars episode, so we're going to be just going over the one book, Star Wars Empire Ascendant, which has uh, four short stories that set up the Marvel branch of books that have started to come out already, and the newest issue for... Dr. Afro number one is supposed to come out on the 27th, I believe. Um, yes, it's one of the books on the list. So we're going to go over that book. Uh, you know, it's a Star Wars thing. Uh, we want to start with a little bit of news. Josh, got any news? I don't, man. Okay. Well, I've got a tiny bit, not a whole, 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 whole lot. So start with a little bit of news. Um, so other than books coming out, which I have a whole list of that, which folks have been asking about, so... I'll go over that here in just a second. The only real piece of news is all that was like something that was kind of cool. DC's going to be putting out a new animated. That's uh, Superman. Uh, I think Man of Tomorrow is the title. And we're getting two new voices for Superman and for Lex Luthor. Well, not two new. We're getting two new voices. One for Superman, one for Lex Luthor. So the Lex Luthor I think you'll like, Josh. Um, the Clark Kent Superman is going to be Darren Chris, which I don't have a real footprint for him at all. But okay. The Lex Luthor, however, is Zachary Quinto. Oh, that makes sense. So that should be pretty cool. Um, so I thought that was really neat news-wise. I mean, there's a bunch of other weird stuff in the world. I mean, DC put out a bunch of reasons why things have changed with them shipping-wise. They're just... I, I feel like excuses, but whatever. I mean, until we get moving, who knows. Um, as far as books, for those of you interested, um, as far as deliveries are concerned, as of May 20th, Stores they're still doing distribution through Diamond. We'll we'll get a whole slew of books. Um, catching up from the previous couple weeks, depending if your stores are open, where you're at Corona wise, in the world. Uh, so DC we have Batman number eighty nine, the third printing, Batman and the Outsiders twelve, the Giant Size Batman number four, the Dix, DC Superstars number seventeen facsimile, which is the uh, reissue of the first appearance of Huntress. Um, Dollhouse Family, number 6. A Dreaming, number 20. Flash, number 753. Giant Size Flash. Green Lantern, season 2, number 3. So that's, that's why I know it's on your list, Josh. Um, Hawkman, number 23. The Joker Harley Criminal Sanity, number 4. Justice League, 44. Justice League Odyssey, number 20. Uh, Nightwing, 70, second printing. Uh, Plunge number three, which that Nightwing, it's, it's this, one of the starting issues for the Joker War stuff, so, depending on whether you're chasing that or not. Um, yeah, Plunge number three, from the, uh, Joe Hill imprint. Red Hood and Outlaws number 45. Superman's Pal Jimmy Olsen number 10. Wonder Woman number 755. The Year of Villains Hell Arisen number three, third printing. This is your, uh, Second appearance of Punchline. 
And in uh, The Young Justice Volume 1 trade. So, depending where you're at, and if you've listened to the last couple episodes and want to get those first batch of issues, well, there you go. Um, so, a whole slew of stuff. Marvel, it's a lot lighter list. Um, Marvel, as of the 27th, so the last week of May, will have Amazing Spider-Man 43, Avengers 33, Marauders number 10, Dr. Aphra number 1, which applies to this particular show, and uh, Venom number 25. And then Marvel's going like every other week with books, so the following week, the first week of June, has a bunch of trades, so depending on your store, may or may not get those. The third, or the second week, the 10th, we're going to get Black Cat 11, uh, Daredevil 20, which is a follow-up to 19, so there's been a whole cliffhanger of a month and a half on that one. Uh, Deadpool number 5, Excalibur 10, and Miles Morales Spider-Man 17, and New Mutants number 10. And then it follows suit the next couple weeks. There's a, another week that's mostly trades. And then as we get to July, I guess things will be back to sort of normal. Um, a few things coming out from Image. Not a, not a lot, lot, but similar thing, like they've peppered their stuff coming out rather than a whole drop on top of people. So that's cool. Um, so there's those. I mean, if you want more about Image or um, any of the other smaller companies, I mean, you can Google it, whatever. As a thing. Although Ludocrats, number one's coming out from Image. I do think that'll be cool. It should be crazy. Other than that, um, so that's kind of it I have for news, really. I mean... Dar- Darren Crisp is um, probably best known for um, the music meister in the Flash and Supergirl TV shows. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. And Glee. He was in Glee. Huh. Okay. I never watched Glee, but... Yeah, me either. <clears throat> yeah, he was in those things. Huh. All right. Hang on. Is he the same guy that was... He wasn't an Ant-Man, was he? The bad guy, Yellow Jacket? Is that the same dude? No. Okay. I don't know what that guy's name is. Anyway. Um, yeah. As far as things, that's all I got for news. Um, so guys, we want to talk about books. Oh, yeah, that's not the same guy. I don't recognize that dude at all. But again, I never really watched Glee, so. Hmm. You watched Flash and Supergirl. Yeah, and I, I did watch the Music Meister episode. I don't remember what the bad guy looked like, and it was a, it was a, it was a weird episode. Yeah. Kind of a musical. It was weird. Not in a good kind of way, I don't think. Yeah, it was bizarre. Anyhow. Corey Stoll plays Darren Cross. You, that's why you confused him, because um, his name's Darren yeah. Cross, not Darren Chris. Yeah, yeah. The, the name of the movie that's versus plays. name in real life, close yeah, to each other. That's, that makes sense. My brain connected it for no reason. Yeah, that's the dude I was thinking when he said that. It's clearly not the same guy, but, you know, as a thing, that's why I connected uh, anyway, and like I said, we're doing the Star Wars uh, Empire Ascendant. I mean, most of us are pretty big Star Wars fans in general, so um, I guess we can talk about the movies here a little bit, too, if you want. Do you want to go ahead and do the first story of the uh, Marvel Ascendant? Just to let you know, there will be spoilers. Marvel Ascendant, it's a prelude book to four upcoming Star Wars books that are coming out. Star Wars, Darth Vader... Bounty Hunters, and Dr. Aphra. The first one is the continuation of the Star Wars series. This one takes place between, well, right up before Empire starts. Yeah, it's right after the end of the comic book series for Hope, and then just before the so, Empire. Yeah, so between New Hope and Empire, it's like when they're just setting up Echo Base on Hoth. So all the writers and artists in this book will be doing the regular series as well. So Charles Soule is the writer, Luke Ross is the artist for the first one. It's called Star Wars, An Echo of Victory. Um, 
it picks up as the rebels are on Echo Base on Hoth, and they're like constructing the tunnels. Um, a young couple is using an A-wing laser to build the tunnels, and the husband is talking about how he's not sure how they can win, and she's like, "Yeah, we can. We can do this." And there's a kind of like there's some banter between the two of them because she's a pilot and. He's a kind of an architect, but he does other things, and they're not sure, like, why. And she's like, well, that's just what we do. We're the rebels, and we kind of just make it work with what we have. And uh, as they're going, the laser kind of misfires, and the tunnel collapses, so they're trapped. And so they're sitting there talking about what to do because the husband's in- injured. and um, Yeah, they talk about him bleeding, and he's afraid that he's, he like, tells her to take his clothes because he's going to... He's going to die anyway. And she's like, no, no, like, if we're going to die, we're going to die together, but let's record a thing for our son. And you come to find out that, like, they're, they are the Damerons and their son is Poe. So this is Poe Damerons, um, parents. Yeah. And as they're sitting there talking and trying to say their last thing, he's like, oh, the, the dad's like, the rebels are going to win. This is going to be a great galaxy, blah, blah, blah. And then he stops it and he says, like, I can't say these things. I don't think we can win. I don't believe in it. And, um, all of a sudden, there's a lightsaber cut through, and Luke comes out with Chewie to save the day. They get him back to the main base. They get him in medical and all those kinds of things, and the dad's like, I don't understand. Like, we're going to have to move all these things from the main... Like, we damaged the the main quarters. We did all this kind of stuff. I don't understand what's going for. Like, why'd you do this just for us, too? And Leia says, well, of course, because you are rebels. You are us. Yeah, the whole time they're in there, he's like... They might be able to find you if they come around the other passageway, but they can't cut through here because it'll, su- it'll cause a bunch of other cave-ins. And he says that if they cut through the walls like we were doing, they're just going to have to relocate the main base because it, it's going to destroy all the infrastructure. So there's no way they're going to save us because it would stoop just two people. And like Leia's message at the end of it is like, well, yeah, you're, but you're two of our people, so it doesn't matter. Right, and at the end of it, they're on the medical um, frigid and they're, frigate and they're like, Standing there, he's getting, you know, he's getting stuff worked on, and the husband looks up and says, Shara, and she's like, yeah, and he's like, we're gonna win. Because like, he's like, believes in the rebels more now. Right. Because they be, they, because they saved him. Which to me, I don't know, like, just like kind of a, the story's cool because it's like Poe Dameron's parents, but his wife is, the, the mom seems like the tougher, cooler one, the dad seems kind of like, kind of weak to me. Now, between the two of them, we've seen them in a couple, in at least one, one or two other books as, as characters. And the mom's like this fighter pilot. Like, she's clearly who Poe takes after. And the father was an infantry soldier. And like, we talk about when he was, before becoming part of the rebels, him taking like architecture. And that's, he had a couple years of architecture training at the academy before he became a, a soldier and was in, drafted in the military, well, not drafted, became part of the rebels. So that's the whole reason, like, he's in charge of building all these tunnels, because he has some training. But yeah, as far as, like, a thing, like, yeah, Poe's mom has always been more like the fighter pilot type. So between the two of them, yeah, it's it's cool to just see that how he was unsure, and then, like, he's reinforced by our main characters, which is pretty cool. Like, main character from Hope. And it was neat that the way they drop it in, because if you didn't, just know parent, his parents' name. You don't find that out till already in the middle of the story, and it's like a cool reveal. But yeah, they did show up in a couple of other books, but like sparsely peppered between things. Mostly in the uh, the book that went between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens, there was like a follow-up book that happened 
as a miniseries. They're in that. So, technically it post-dates this, but it's after it. But, anyhow, pretty neat. Uh, the second story is a Darth Vader story. And uh, this one is uh, written by Greg Pak. And uh, the artist on it is Roland Boschi. Boschi? B-O-S-C-H-I. So, I'm sorry, I can't say it right. Uh, this is called In the Service of the Emperor. Oh, sorry, Service of the Empire. And uh, it opens up and we're basically just in hellfire. So, like, the last story was very toned blue colors. And this one's very toned, like, red death colors. And we've got a bunch of stormtroopers and they're trying to take some base. And we've got this one general guy who's just yelling at them how they're stupid. And if you're going to die, you have to die in victory. And if you're going to sacrifice yourself, that's fine as long as you win. Because you're not a hero if you don't win. And he's just completely on them. And uh, we cut to a few years later, 13 years later, and now he's old, and he's got himself a legion of death troopers. And he talks, he's giving them their commands that they're going to go try to take out this rebel gun turret that uh, the rebels have stole some technology from the Death Star, and they were wanting to take out this turret just to make sure it wasn't strong enough to stop a Star Destroyer. And he looks at the troopers, and he's like, I've seen a lot of you come and go. And a lot of you live up to your name being Death Troopers because you're dead. And he's just, he's completely, like, still selling the same thing to them. Like, it's okay if you die, as long as you die in, in a win. Like, you're not, you're not going to be a hero in the Empire unless you've won, even if it means you're dead. And so they're trying to take the base, and of course they're dying right and left. We have one kind of badass one. He, like, picks up one of his own soldiers and carries him like a shield. It's crazy, like, just the, the battle sequences alone, the whole time this is happening, he's just constantly barking orders at them over their head com, their headsets, their comms. Eventually, as it looks that they're all going to fail, he just takes the ship and starts flying the ship at the base, shooting whoever's in the way. Then, of course, the ship crashes. And at that point, three of the Death Troopers come behind him, and they basically start firing what appears to be at him. And he's like, no, no, oh, wait, you're shooting my engines? Oh, that makes perfect sense, because he crashed into the turret. But he didn't destroy it. And they're shooting at his engines, blows up the turret and him, and he dies with a stupid smile on his face. Because, technically, they won. Um, then it cuts from there to being back on one of the Star Destroyers, and you've got the three Death Troopers being worked on by medical droids, and one uh, commander type who... He's talking to the droids, and the droids are like, oh, these are the three that fired on the commander? And the droids are like, yes, they are. We're trying to repair them. He's like, ah, oh, no need. We don't want to save traitors. And about that time, he gets himself choked to death, which is awesome. And it's Vader using the Force to choke him. And he's like, no, no. You keep these guys alive. And he tells the medical droid to keep working on them because they're not traitors. They're winners, and they need winners. It's kind of awesome and just really dark. But it's, yeah, it's a pretty... It's a pretty cool story. I mean, as far as the thing, I mean, it just shows like how, like, Vader's like, it doesn't matter if they shot, shot their commander. They won. So it doesn't matter. Which, I mean, that's, yeah, that's a definitely a Vader thing, man. But yeah, he chokes the other guy out completely. It's awesome. So I liked it a lot. That was cool. Just nails home that Vader's a bad guy, man. No matter how cool he is, he's still a bad guy. Anyway, that's the end of that one. So the next book is going to be ba it's the prelude to Bounty Hunters. Um, the story's called Two Sides of Sortie. Um, Ethan Sachs is the writer. Paolo Villanelli is the artist. Um, it picks up with Han Solo sitting in a bar 
with his blaster under the table, pointing at somebody with a, a young kid next to him, um, talking to some bounty hunter of some sort. Automatically knows he's like, "Hey, Solo, put that away. We're gonna, I'm gonna cut your hand off." And we meet this uh, cyborg guy who has a laser in the palm of his hand, and looks just like the Terminator man. He's like half half robot face, half human face. He's had a couple miniseries before. He's actually a throwback to like the old '70s books that these that were being put out by Marvel prior to all the Dark Horse and all the Return to Marvel stuff. So he's actually a lot older than you would think. But yeah, he's a He's a player in the in the game of being a bounty hunter. So it looks like he's going to be the main character in the in the actual like in the bounty hunter series. Yeah, yeah he is. He's had he had a mini series before this one called uh, Vader Target, and it doesn't appear to go very well for him at the end of it. But uh, it was basically a, a storyline where a batch of bounty hunters get hired to take out Darth Vader. So you can imagine how that would go for them. But yeah, this is like the follow up. So. So it's um, Han Solo trying to convince him to take this mission. He said, like, there's a lot of money in it for you if you do it. I seem to get this engineer kid and these plans to um, Mon Mothma. the rendezvous point. And he's like, all right, I can do this thing. So the next thing, they're trying to get off this planet, and the TIE fighter comes, misses the kid, and the guy is like, takes his gun and shoots at the... Uh, the kid's like, what? Well, you know, why? You can't break the armor there. You can't get through the cockpit. He's like, I'm shooting at the stabilizer, not the cockpit. And he's like, how do you know? He's like, I used to fly one of those things, so, you know, I got to know how they fly. And then some stormtroopers come out and takes them all down pretty quick with a thermal detonator. And they get on his ship after he makes quick work of the stormtroopers. And they make the first jump because the kid has the. He tells the kid to put the. He's like, oh, get him there and plug in the coordinates. To the to the nav computer yeah, when you get in, and the kid knows the first ones, and it, and when they come out of hyperspace, it's right into a you know an imperial trap, and then as he's putting in the, in the next coordinates, he's like, "What do you mean there's more coordinates?" The the kid says, "What do you mean there's more coordinates?" He's like, "Oh yeah, I didn't tell you both sets of coordinates," because he's like, "I figured that there might be an imperial spy. I didn't think it'd be you." And the kid's like, "I you know, they they told me that they you know they helped my parents like not be slaves anymore." Blah blah. And the cyborg guy's like, "Nah, man." They're just going to torture you more and get more information out of you. Like, you messed up. And he's basically like, I'm going to kill you. He's like, just don't tell Solo that I was a coward and that I betrayed everybody. He's like, I won't. And takes care of the guy. Yeah, he kills him in the show. Cold blood just, like, kills him, which is oh, yeah. pretty sweet to me. And then uh, next it shows him, like, with Moth Moth, like, giving her the plans. And they're kind of rude to him. They're, yeah. just, they're just like, you. he's like, I'll just take half my money. You send the other money to, the, you know, to help ransom the kid's parents. So, like trying to be like the better guy and they're like you he's like why don't you leave the morality to, to us who qualified on huh? like the guy's like whatever you say soldier i'm out and he just he kind of like walks off to do his thing but it's just like kind of messed up because he's actually the better person in this whole thing yeah as far as being a see he's got a reputation too a little bit but at the, the end of it like all these aristocratic general types look at him they just see a bounty hunter but the fact he was willing to give up half the money in general to help the kid's family, even the kid basically tried to get him killed because the coordinates he put in led him directly to the blockade. So he didn't put in the right coordinates. He took them to the Empire and as a thing, like, basically set them both up to get captured and then our guy get killed and himself get tortured for information. But yeah, as like the thing, he made the moral right choice at the end. Granny still killed the kid, but it's like he did, I don't know, it's like he did half the right thing. But yeah, they completely snub him. It's pretty... That part's a little uppity, but as a story, it was pretty fun. I mean, it just shows that that dude's awesome. Like he's 
he's pretty badass for being a dude who looks like the Terminator. It's pretty crazy. Right. Um, so the fourth story in this little jaunt of a book is a Dr. Afra uh, epilogue. And this is uh, written by Cy Spurrier, or Simon Spurrier, who I, I like a lot. And uh, the art is by Casper, and I know I'm going to butcher the last name, uh, Wingadadard. I don't know how to say it, man. I'm sorry. It's W-I-J-N-G-A-A-R-D. Sorry about that. I don't, yeah. Yeah. Anyhow. <laughs> uh, so this book we pick up on Ortiz 2. And uh, we've got um, a batch of stormtroopers that have a few rebels gathered up. And they've got them sitting in like this little, I don't know, muck pond. And uh, the soldier's are like, oh, no, these guys are important enough to have any information. We've questioned them. They don't know anything. And this general comes over and... Uh, He's like, well, I, what do you have to say for yourselves? And one of the people raises their hand and they say, you know, I'm going to read it. It's crazy. They say, the red rancor emphasizes chasing prairie herbs across the grassy plain. And then uh, the stormtrooper next to this guy is like, what? What does that mean? And then our lieutenant type, the, the suited officer, says, but eats the yellow slitherwolves? <laughs> when they are gorging and sleepy. And at that point, Hellfire unleashes and it takes out all the stormtroopers. And they're like, oh, it's good we found you, deep cover agent. So the general dude is like a hidden, like a guy who is working undercover, basically. And so those crazy, talky, weird sentences were all like his uh, code let them know who he was in extraction. And so, like, they, yeah, they killed the hell out of all the stormtroopers. It's pretty crazy. Um, and then we, we join, uh, Mega Talvin, which if you read Dr. Aphra's previous series, you'll, you'll know who she is. She basically wound up being Dr. Aphra's love interest towards the end of it and is a friend of hers. And of course, at the end of that series, she left everybody kind of in the dust. I mean, not necessarily in a totally bad predicament. I mean, she saved her father and she saved the supporting cast and then basically belted them to escape Vader. So it, it wasn't entirely like a clean leave, but at the same time, she basically saved him. Anyhow, so they collect this uh, trooper and they take his information to return it back to uh, the, the rebels. And so we rejoin her at Hoth base, and uh, there's a message that comes up. He's like, oh, we got a delivery, a message delivery for you, and he hands her a package. And she's like, well, that's weird. And then we start getting this side voice, like a, a dialogue box that is being spoken off camera. And uh, as she's looking at the envelope, she realizes who it is. And about that time, we have this crazy weird beast thing show up that they use to herd the Tauntauns, which is like a crazy slug with tentacles and giant teeth. And it's being ridden by this little girl, uh, who's another character that, if you read Dr. Afro, you'd recognize. Um, and she's riding the thing, herding the Tauntauns. And, of course, Satalva's like, I thought I told you all to put that thing down. And they're like, oh, well, but we figured out it's really good at uh, herding Tauntauns. It's a crazy-looking monster. Anyhow, so she collects her, and she's like, oh, yeah, we have a message from her. And so from there, we see her find Afra's father. And Afra's father's on the belief that his daughter's dead by now. And uh, she's like, well, we got a message from her, so you need to come with us. And the whole time, the father tries to make small talk with her, and she basically blows him off like she doesn't care what he's saying and what he's talking about. And it's him just trying to figure out a way to talk to this lady. Anyhow, um, this whole time the message is playing, like basically apologizing for leaving all of them and abandoning them, and how she feels bad about doing it. Yeah, the the 
the dialogue that's like not being spoken first person is Afro the whole entire time. Yeah, you don't really know that at first. No, not until you get to the next page where all of them are sitting there watching this holocron of her talking to them, and it's the same blue voice and the same blue like pattern of speech to tell us that this entire time that we've been hearing this monologue, it's Afra apologizing, basically. And then uh, we cut from that to the three of them sitting on this crest of a snow mound looking across the, I guess, the snowy wasteland. And they're all, like, sort of reminiscing about her and how they're still kind of pissed at her for the way she left and what she did. And father's a little more hopeful, you know, hopefully she's okay. And knowing my daughter, she's probably causing problems. Well, about that time, we get someone walk up behind them, and it's it's Luke Skywalker, dressed in full, like, Hoth pilot, fighter pilot outfit. And he's like, oh, hey, you're Aphra's friends, right? Well, I knew her for a brief minute. And we did have a couple different run-ins for Luke and the gang with Aphra. And one of those, Luke was with her for most of it during the Screaming Citadel story. And he tells him, tells him how she, she did a real good job and she helped me and she, she's helped us a lot. And actually, we're pretty sure she's responsible for having sabotaged a bunch of the equipment on one of the Star Destroyers to keep them from finding us while we tried to finish this crazy bunker. So the very first story, we had the plans being smuggled away. Oh, no, it's not the first story. The, the third story. We had the plans being smuggled away by an engineer that were for these crazy force field thing, right? And the generators he's talking about are the force field that's used on Hoth, which is what kept the Imperial destroyers from just blasting them from space. The whole reason they have to send down the walkers is because they couldn't get through the shields. So this story leads back to the shields again. And the very first story we're on Hoth trying to build the base. So all these stories kind of lead back to Hoth, except for the Vader one. The Vader one, it's nebulous where it happens. But Luke tells them, yeah, that somebody sabotaged a bunch of material up there, and now there's a, a, a warrant or bounty out for a, a lady that's a Something that fits her description as far as, like, the things she does and what she's known for. It doesn't name drop her, but Luke's pretty sure it was her that did it. And the whole reason their base was able to get finished and the shield be able to be designed and put up was because Aphra sabotaged something else to help buy them time to finish it. So he's like, yeah, so she's not too bad. And, of course, we finished the book with all of them kind of being like, yeah, but she's kind of out for herself and sort of a jerk. And she kind of is. I mean, she's like... A girl Han Solo, for the most part. They also talk about how she saved the Emperor's life. Well, they tell they tell each other, should we mention that to him? And they're like, no, 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 you don't want the hopeful boy to be disappointed. And she did. At the end of, during her storyline, there's a point where she saves the Emperor. And it's the lesser of two evils at the time. She's trying to save her father. And so it's a whole, it's a whole thing that caused her to save the Emperor. Not less necessarily allegiance to the Emperor. But they're like, should we tell him about that? And the... The other one's like, no, you don't want to dash the kid's hope. You know. So, secrets are secrets. But that's where it wraps up, and, you know, it's a short setup story. And the first issue for her series is going to be coming out, again, we believe on the 27th as things set now. So that should be really cool. As far as books are concerned, like, I never expected Alfred to last this long. Like, when she showed up during the first series of Star Wars, it was during New Hope. And because she's not in any of the movies, we all assume she lasts like 10 issues and then get killed. And 40 issues later, she's fighting Vader and escaping, and it's like, dang. And there's talk of a Disney Plus show for her, so like, she's got a couple action figures and they're great. So yeah, she's really a pretty awesome character, and I'm really glad she managed to stick around this long. It's pretty cool. 
So that is anything to attest to her stasis in the world. Which I think is awesome. Uh, anyway, as far as the book's concerned, Josh, you got a score for that book as a whole? Um, I'd have to break it down from story to story. So, I mean, as a whole, I'm not sure. Um, maybe overall three and a half. Some of the stories seem interesting. I'm interested to read them. Other ones, I'm like, they, nothing like grabbed me. Like, I kind of like the bounty hunter one the best. Like, I like that character a little bit. So I'd give that a higher one, but like, you know, like the beginning one, I thought was a little bit weak. Um, the Afro one, I never read any of that, so I was kind of confused. Like, I don't know much about her. Sure. But, I mean, overall, like, three and a half, probably. Three, three and a half. Sure. Right down the middle. Yeah, that's all about the same place. I mean, the art's pretty good in it. And, yeah, there's, the Afro story's a little rougher if you've never, if you've never even heard of her till this moment, then it is rougher. I thought, you know, I thought the Vader story was decent, but the art was rough on it. I didn't like the art so much on it. It was, seemed kind of... Like the explosions, the action scenes are real, like hard to see things. They weren't, they weren't very good. There's a lot of red in that storyline. Not even the red, just the, it's very sketchy. Sure. So that's like, I mean, I like the red. I don't mind that. It's just, it's the sketchiness. It's not very detailed. It's very kind of like vague. It's a little more raw. That's true. I'm not a big fan. So, um, I liked the story of that one, just like not the art, but so anyway, yeah, it was decent. Sure. Yeah, like, like I said, I give it a three and a half, too. I mean, as far as books are concerned, it's a, it's a cool setup for the rest of them. As far as the stories are concerned, I don't... I like how he used Poe Dameron's parents again. I thought that was cool. And that, like I said, I, I like Dr. Afra, but she is... A, it's a harder story to understand if you've never... If you don't know anything more than she had an action figure, then yeah, it's it's a little more rough as a read by itself. I think, um, if anything, it'll give people who are not used to... Not used to, but if they're if they're trying to decide if they you know if they can only pick one of the four of these books or two of the four or three of the four or if, right. they, if you know they're not sure, it'll be like give them an idea. This book specifically give them a preview of what the books are all about. So right. I mean that's kind of a good thing about it, like a taste of them. Yeah. Like at this point, Vader, I think Vader's had one and two come out. Um, Star Wars has had one through four come out, and at this point they're in second prints on most of them. Um, I know that we're currently out of number one at the store, so I'll have to look into that when I get back to the shop on Monday. Uh, but the, uh, Afro's getting ready to come out new on the 27th. The Bounty Hunter, I feel like number two came out, but I can't remember if three came out or not. I mean, that whole month gap in the middle, I'm completely lost. Well, not completely, but close. At least one and two have come out. Maybe three. But yeah, as far as the story, it's pretty cool, too. And uh, I don't know. Storyline-wise, I feel like that one's a miniseries, and the others are just ongoing based on memory, I think. Anyhow, um, as far as books and stuff, you want to do, uh, want to do, want to do your, uh, your top picks for Star Wars movies, Josh? Um, you're going to rank them? I know I got a ranking from our, our buddy Ken the Elvis Trooper. Yeah. Which if you're, if you don't know, if you don't know him, um, just Google Elvis Trooper and you'll, you'll find him. He's, he's awesome. Ken's a great guy. Um, he's been doing, during this quarantine time, he's been doing a batch of videos on Facebook, uh, that he's got titled as Quarantiki. Uh, basically he, he's a very big Tiki fan and has lots of different Tiki mugs. A surprising amount, my gosh. And, uh, he basically just makes a cocktail shot or drink. Uh, it, I want to say every day of the week for the last two weeks, two, three weeks maybe. And it's a different drink, and he shows you mix it, and he plays around, chit chats with you. He's very Elvisy, uh, but yeah, he's a uh, he famous wise. I mean, the biggest thing I think he's known for, or I'm pretty sure he's known for, is the Elvis Trooper stuff. Um, 
Yeah, anyway, he's great. As far as the thing, I messaged him a couple of days ago because we're getting ready to have May 4th happen, so, you know, Star Wars time. And uh, I figured I'd get a list of what his movie picks were, so I guess I'll give you his ranking order, and then you can decide for yourself. Um, so, <laughs> as per the Elvis Trooper, his top pink, of course, is A New Hope. Now, and Ken is definitely a Old Testament guy. So that makes sense. Uh, so he goes, he ranks them in order of being a new hope first, Empire Strikes Back second, Return of the Jedi third, Rogue One fourth, Solo fifth, which I know you won't agree with, but that's alright. Um, episodes, uh, number six, he puts Force Awakens, then he follows Attack of the Clones in place seven, Revenge of the Sith in place eight, place nine, Phantom Menace, place ten, Rise of Skywalker, and at the bottom of the list, uh, place 11, Last Jedi, and he said the Ewok movies don't count. <laughs> Even though they were given his list to pick from. I can't believe that. I love the Ewok movies. I know they're wrong, but I love them. I I, I appreciate them over the bottom, my bottom two. No? What do you got for your list, man? How would you how would you rank them in order of, you, of your preferred viewing? Preferred viewing? Well, I think that's what it is. You rank it the best way you... Well, man, it prefers... Just my favorites. Like, if favorites. I had to... If, if I... You know, in order. Yeah. If there's a fire in a building, burning building, Which I had to save? save them in order. With I'd, you. I'd save Empire first. Okay. I'd save Rogue One next. Okay. Return of the Jedi next. Rise of Skywalker. Last Jedi. Then New Hope. Then Force Awakens. Then Revenge of the Sith. Then The Phantom Menace. Then the Ewok movies. Then Solo. <laughs> Then Attack of the Clones. <laughs> oh man! Well, you're you're more of a mixed Old Testament books of Kathleen mix. Mostly Old Testament though, which a lot of us are that way. It just depends on your age, your demographic of your age. I think. Like as far as listing, like I didn't really build one. Now I kind of wish that I did. I feel like mine would be mixed between the two of you because there's a couple of these on here that I would rank lower. Uh, but as far as top five, my top four would be the same as his. The fifth place, I mean, I would have an Ewok movie in there. Like I said, I, I know it's not the not the favorable choice, but I love those stupid Ewoks, man. I'm telling you. I, I'm pretty sure the Emperor saw it coming, and he's like, I can't tell anybody because no one's going to believe me that bears are going to beat us. And he didn't want to be dethroned by his people, you know what I'm saying? I would say after Return of the Jedi, though, I'd go Empire Strikes Back, Rogue One, Return of the Jedi, then The Mandalorian if we're going to do like things. <laughs> I put the Mandalorian after Return of the Jedi, you know, just because it was so good. Mando but. was really, really good. I didn't actually include that in the batch of movies we were talking about because it's it's more of a show and less a movie. But and we didn't include the just so people know we didn't include the animated stuff either because they're they're not really set up as movies. This was like a movie list because but other, that's live action, so I kind of yeah, throw yeah. it in there anyway. But and Phantom Menace would be higher to me if there wasn't that stupid pod race. <laughs> I think it was just a waste of time and money. I do think Solos are really bad. Not a fan of it at all. I've talked about that a bunch in this, and I don't like Attack of the Clones. I think it's I think it's really really bad. The fact it's so high on the Elvis Troopers list blows my mind. Well, he's a stormtrooper though, so you know. What's that have to do with anything? Attack of the Clones is about the clone troopers. He's a stormtrooper, not a clone oh, that's trooper. True. That's, that's a good different. point. That's a good point. He's not the Elvis clone trooper. No, that's true. That is true. <laughs> yeah, I like I said, the first half I completely agree with. The second half. I don't know. I mostly agree with. I don't know if Attack of the you Clones. Pick, you pick Hope over Empire, though. Oh, as far as like play, you know, of the group of them, I guess mine would for the top five because I didn't go as far as I needed to on this list. I would actually start with Return of the Jedi. 
as my favorite, probably because the age I was, and it's the one that makes me happiest. Then, at that point, Hope and Empire. I love Empire for all the good reasons, but what I like about Hope is you can watch it and never watch Star Wars again, and you've end in a happy place. That's why I rank it there. So, of the group of them, even though Empire is definitely the best production-wise and story-wise, film and write-wise or reading watching-wise, I would watch Return, Hope, Empire, then Rogue, and then the Ewoks. So, yeah, my stacking's a little bit different. I think his are the way they are simply because he's an Old Testament kind of guy. That makes sense. I guess. Anyhow, so we have a good time, and you want to learn about making shots, or not shots, I guess they're just drinks. Take your drinks, man. Just yeah. Give them bartending listings. Right. Look up uh, look up Quarantiki on uh, Facebook, and I'm sure you'll find him. Anyway, awesome dude. He's great. So appreciate him. Appreciate him shooting us a list of how he would watch them. That's what I like. Anyway, as far as anything else, hey, Josh, I got a lesson of the day today. What'd you learn today, Josh? Um, I think my lesson really is that I'm just, um, it's more, it's less of a lesson, more of a disappointment in you, just that you, you know, like, maybe not even a disappointment. Maybe it is a lesson that even the darkest of people, when they watch movies, they like happy endings. Because you're the darkest person I know. You're always you're always <laughs> mad. But yet, like, you want a happy ending of a movie. And I feel like I'm happy a lot more, but I like the Empire and it's got the dark ending because it's like real life, you know? It's like, so it's weird. It's a weird thing. It's a weird twist. I'm confused about it. I'm going to do some uh, philosophical thinking on this later tonight. Oh, that's necessarily a failure in me. It might be a failure in you. I'm trying to get it. I'm going to have to think about this one. <laughs> oh, man. It's too deep for no reason. So what I learned today, Josh? I, I, I don't think you don't. I think you're past learning at this point. You say that, you say that too often. <laughs> I've been trying to work with you, so you can understand. That tattoo, I'm sure you learned how to make some, hurts. I mean, I think I think weirdly maybe you learned how to make some tiki drinks, and you don't even like alcohol. That's so. true. That's, well, that? I mean, that's true. There's, there's that. that. Yeah. I guess, I guess there's a small lesson of the day. One of these days, folks, we'll get that back on track. I, I swear. Such a disappointment. Got any books to watch? I mean, at this point, not a whole lot of new stuff there is actually coming out, but. You know, I just, just ready for things to just come back out. Kind right. Of. Understandable. Um. Yeah, I'm in the same, same boat. I mean, I'd say Daredevil 20. It's the second half of Cliffhanger, so if you're Daredevil folks, be ready for that. Um, I wouldn't read it by itself, probably. Number 19, you need to set it up, but, you know, is what it is. Um, other than that, I mean, Ludocrats, I do think it's going to be, or Lu, I think it's Ludocrats. Uh, yeah, Ludocrats from Image. I think that'll be awesome. And it's in theory supposed to be out on the 20th also. So, we'll see. It looks like crazy nonsense in Image Book, so, who knows. I think that's, uh. Check out CBS and Mai's, um, YouTube show that we have. Oh, it's yeah. called Action Figure Deconstruction. Um, at this point when this comes out, cause happy Star Wars week. That's why we're doing this episode. Right. By the way, we didn't really mention that. We kind of did, but kind of not. Yeah. So happy Star Wars week cause May the 4th and, um, Revenge of the 5th are all happening and we're having a good time. But yeah, action figure deconstruction. Um, we have like seven episode seven will be out this week. If you're listening to this and you're listening to the week it comes out, episode seven, right? Right. So if you're, if you're hearing this between May, May 4th and May 6th, then yeah. Of 2020. <laughs> 2020, yeah. Um, also, I am at Wendell24 on Instagram. We are at Action Figure Deconstruction on all social media platforms. 
Um, you are at Top 5 Comics CBS. For Instagram and drawings, yep. So I um, post my art pictures. And also check out Top 5 Comics Podcast on social medias. Yep. If you look up Top5ComicsPodcast.com, there's links in there for all the different shows we do. Yeah. CBS may also do a um, more adult-themed podcast about just film in general called um, Never Been Done Podcast. Yep. So check that out if your kids are not in the car. And if you don't mind the occasional swear word. Um... But other than that, I think that's about it on those things. Um, the shop is back open. So, yep. um, if you need to go pick up books, you can do that. If you're still a little sketched out about going in and like running into people, CBS can run them out to your vehicle, do some curbside stuff. He doesn't that's mind true. doing that. Just give us a call and we'll ferry them out to you folks. Like, hey, I'm in this automobile. And then, uh, yeah, you can take care of that for you. Support local businesses. Biggest thing. I think that's got to come away from all this stuff that's going on. Support local businesses. For big, sure, yeah. Big corporations are going to make it because they have lots of money. Small businesses do not, so support them. Help them out. And uh, li- listen, like, share this this podcast. on. This, you know, I think that's the biggest thing you can do, even if you don't have any money. Like, even if you're broke in these times and you're listening to this, share this with all your friends. Because if you like it and your friends see it, that means they're probably going to like it too. It's like, oh, my friend likes this. I might check it out. And like the more li- listens we get, the more likes we get, the more shares we get, the more follows we get, the more helps of this thing out. More so better, more better it is for the show in general, yeah. And if you're really bored, like we are having a really good time doing the action figure deconstruction thing. We've done some really cool figures, a bunch of exclusives, a bunch of ones that are harder to find. So ones that like if you can't find them or and you want to see what they're all about, you can check that out. Like we uh we have a, a Darth Reaven slash Jedi Reaven coming out. Episode. Also Star Wars flavor. Also Star Wars, as I mentioned and it in that one. this week, too. Uh, it's the Black Series, the six-inch figure. Um, they are both amazing figures, so we talk about those. Yeah, man. It's a, it's it's really fun. So it's on YouTube. Just go give it a watch. They're like maybe ten minutes long at the most. Um, they are kid-friendly as well. So um, I know kids really like those unboxing shows. I'm not sure why, but that's kind of why. That's one of the reasons yeah. why we're doing it, because it's... Yeah, we've got pieces in there for that, too. And if they're fun. Yeah, they are really, really fun. And... uh. The El Capitan makes an appearance every once in a while, so... Yes, he does, surprisingly. He could have been in the newest episode that we recorded today, but he just wouldn't work with us. Uh, he, was, he was just all about de- destruction and destroying today, so... He was, very true. Only other thing I'm going to shout out, um, if you're on Instagram, no, Twitter? Twitter. Uh, or just in general, look up Skylar Petridge. She's an artist out of uh, New Mexico. Awesome lady. Um, there's a whole bunch of artists at this point that... When you're a freelance artist and work just stops because everything shut down, you're in a hard spot. So she's been doing people's uh, character, not characters, they're like comic book likenesses for your profile pictures. Oh, that's fun. So she's been doing a whole batch of those for people, and I can't remember what I don't remember what she was charging for them, but she is fantastic. And if if you can throw her some money, you know she's awesome. That's about it. Cool. So Tiki. Nope. Oh man, I'm so proud of doing these last 30 days of COVID. I don't know how I didn't get you to like Cameron Ryder. I swear. It's a key. I'm supposed to be with you.